You are listening to episode 164 of Game Inflators Podcast. My name's John, and this week, I'm joined by Ryan and Barry. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Game Deflators Podcast, where we talk about games we've recently picked up, games we're currently playing, and I can't believe it's been another year. Oh, by the way, Barry is here for this year's new games resolution. Okay, that is by far, Ryan, the best intro that you have done in the, like, three years, like... I'm so happy Barry was here to experience that. I was say, how, how am I supposed to follow that? Come on. You set got, me up for failure, Ryan. I got to set expectations high for 2022. It's all going down from here. <laughs> that was it. That was your peak for the year, January 2nd. Yes. Oh, man. Uh, so, yeah, Barry is here with us. He's been on a few times as part of the... Uh, uh, premium edition games but this week he is here as a part of the nintendo fuse podcast uh, mm-hmm. slash premium edition game still because we <laughs> might get some updates <laughs> yeah, so barry for uh for those people that don't know who you are and live under a rock um <laughs> tell us a little bit about yourself again <laughs> yeah seriously i've i've been on so many podcasts over the past god couple months it's been insane due to premium but uh yes for those of you listening that haven't heard me before here my name is barry carranza i am uh, a co-host for nintendo fuse and nintendo fuse podcast i've been there for almost a decade at this point i'm also one of the co-hosts with the switch mania playcast that's going on over two years now at this point and uh I'm one of the founding members of Premium Edition Games, uh, so premiumeditiongames.com, where we take digital-only titles and we release them physically into the real world because we're collectors, and that's what we like to do. Beautiful, beautiful edition releases. Great yeah. enunciation on on his intro there. I, I think that was... I mean, dude, I don't know how we beat any of this moving forward. Like, oh, is... see, see you're, you're just trying to bullshit me at this point. I can't... I'm, I'm trying to follow Ryan here. He's the He's the maestro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he dude, I mean, with his finger and everything. Like, yeah, I know. Like, dude, it like, works. It, like it's, conducting. It's one of those things. I don't know if you heard last week's episode, but I did the uh, the games we're currently playing. Ryan's like, do the finger. It works, man. It works. It totally works, Barry. Hundred percent. Because it get that's why conductors do it with orchestra. It gets you into the motion. Yeah, I mean, it's it's fantastic. Games we're currently playing. You know, it's a. That we're gonna have to record Barry doing that from now on, and we'll just replace <laughs> it. That, that'll be it. <laughs> Confuse the living hell out of everyone. Uh, okay, so Barry, uh, you know to drill. We like to talk about what we recently picked up and what we're currently playing. We'll kick it off to you as our guest. Sure. Uh, so I didn't get much because not a lot released <laughs> during this this week, being the holidays. Uh, but I did pick up uh, my Always collection finally came in for Switch and PS4. Um, been waiting for that one. Uh, fun fact about that game. <clears throat> we tried at Premium to bring this game physically. Um, these two games, we reached out to them uh, to bring them out, and they informed us, Elden Pixels informed us, that the uh, they were already signed, and uh, we're like, oh man, we're like, but we have this other game you might be interested in that we're doing called Cathedral, and that's actually how we got introduced to Cathedral, which we were able to put out, which is really cool. So we went for always, we got Cathedral, both games now get physicals, that's fantastic for, for gamers everywhere, uh, so happy about that. I also picked up a game called The Colonist. It's an Asian-English release for the Switch. So it's one of the uh, Lua Foles. I probably butchered that name, but if you've ever seen their releases, they're Asian-English. None of their stuff gets released to America for whatever reason. Uh, another game from Bandai Namco called 
Pui Pui Molkar Molkar Party, or Let's Molkar Party. I don't know what this is. It's probably the most adorable game I've ever seen in my life in terms of image. It looks like hamsters with wheels and party hats. Okay. I don't know. But it's an Asian English for whatever reason Bandai Namco did not bring it over here. So I'm like, all right, you know, got to go for the set. So I picked that up. And the last one that came in was uh, G Darius HD for the PS4 finally came out. Came out a while, for, uh, a while ago on Switch, but got to get those Darius games. So Barry, uh, Puyo Puyo Molkar is actually on Netflix. And it oh, is, is a cartoon. They are guinea pigs and cars combined. And yeah. these cute Molkars have a lot of fun adventures while solving problems. Is there a guinea Miss Prime? It should be. <laughs> The guinea pig just transforms and like busts open. They're they're classroom pets in disguise. There you go. <laughs> What's weird is that the it's obviously on Netflix and it's put out by Bandai Namco, but they didn't decided not to release it in America, at least physically, not in America. Maybe the Netflix ratings aren't there, so they realize Maybe. that they they can't. Yeah, but but uh, it did get in Asian English. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else? Anything else on the, on the uh, in, in terms of pickups? No. In terms of playing. Uh, you know, I'm still doing the little Animal Crossing and Pokemon Unite, like that's the daily stuff. But my main attention is still in Final Fantasy 14 and Walker. Uh, it's like rejuvenated my love for that game. There's so much now to do, and the story is amazing, and the music is amazing, and it's it's so good that you can't actually purchase the game right now. They actually had to turn off purchases and even the demo off because too many people were playing the game, and the login queues were ridiculous just to get. What in. was your longest wait time? <clears throat> Uh, I was, I've been in queues for 5,000 in queue. So it took me like two and a half hours just to get into the game. Um, because so many people want to play the game Mm. and with good reason. Now it's slowed down a bit because those people finish the story and they're waiting for the new Savage content, which comes out on Tuesday. So, uh, right. The day after this goes live. Um, and I'm sure then it'll pick back up a bit as those people go in, want to be for world's first and then do their clear for the week and then stop playing. Cause some people do that. Other people like to do everything else. So it's such an open-ended game and it's such a great community that, that it just invites you. So if you've never played an MMO, this is probably the most friendly MMO you can play. It's very much a single player MMO. You can play the entire thing, single player, uh, and just do dungeons with random people. Or you can make friends and build build community that way. But it's just like it's always like a party. Like you like just the other day, I went to one of the hub towns and someone was sitting there playing "Don't Stop Believing" by Journey, like rocking out because you could play music and like people oh, were just cool. standing around dancing and stuff. And I'm like, this is great. This is what this is what it's all about. Just people just having fun because this world sucks. <laughs> we need to have fun. Now, have there been any Final Fantasy 14 weddings that you know of? Oh, well, you mean people who met and then... yeah, people. Well, no, no, like literally the wedding on on Final oh, like, Fantasy. 14. Oh, yeah, yeah, there's tons of them. Yeah, I I got married in game too. You can do Uh-oh. it. Yeah, you you have the whole thing. There's a whole service you can go through. There's a whole quest line. You get oh, wow. you get rings. Oh no, get... no no! I I mean like a a person to a person. Like they've decided we're just gonna get married online. Yeah. Yeah, there's really? people that do that too. A lot of times they'll do it just for the mount. You get a special mount for getting married mm-hmm. and you get the ring. And the ring has a, an ability that every 30 minutes you can instantly teleport to your partner. Oh, that's so sick. people who are just like, oh, you know, my, my partner doesn't actually play the game, but we wound up hanging out and playing yeah. all the time. Let's just get married and then have that ability because we're always doing stuff together. Yeah, I've guys guys get married to guys, girls get married to girls just for that. Well, you know, just Ryan, for 
we have been doing so much together in this podcast for so long. No, we should just get married on Final Fantasy fourteen. I don't have that kind of jump. time. I don't have it, hundreds of hours to devote to getting married to you. Oh, it is. <laughs> a have you been job. there since uh, Realm Reborn, or when did you get into it? Uh, I started one point oh. Uh, okay, so out, I'm, I'm an eleven ball. player. So okay. I played eleven at launch when fourteen was announced. We're like, oh yeah, this is just gonna be like the best version of eleven, and we all jumped to it, and we all realized it was garbage, hot garbage. So we all went back to eleven, and then the beta came out for Realm Reborn after they fixed some stuff. And my friends were like, "Oh, go back in the one I'm like, "No, I'm done with that game." And when the beta came out for two point Realm Reborn, we're like, "All right." I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna give it a shot. And I told my wife, and she's like, "Really?" After the dumpster fire that was one I said, "Yeah, I'm gonna give it a shot." So we tried it together, and we both fell in love, and we both mm-hmm. left eleven to. to yeah, I've heard people saying the payoff, like after all this time, is just oh. so. Like, there's never been a game that's pulled off this kind of legacy like this well. Never. And you know how, you know, you you have those moments, like Avengers Endgame, for example, has that moment in the third act where if you've watched all the MCU movies, like you got guilt goosebumps all over you. Like, oh, this is amazing. And even... And, and the payoff was amazing. And Spider-Man uh, No Way Home even has something very similar to that, where it has that goosebump-filled payoff. 14 does something just like that at the end of Endwalker, because Endwalker is the final story arc of this arc, and then they're starting a new arc afterwards. So it has that payoff where characters you haven't seen since Aroma Born suddenly come back, and they're assisting you like like you assisted them. And like all, the, all your debts are being paid off, and you're seeing all these people coming back and interacting with each other from different experiences and it, it really has that oh my god gravitos moment where even like your villains are now helping you and so you know some of your friends may not be your friends anymore so now you're going to get like it just it comes full circle and That's it so ends awesome. so beautifully and the, and the music just complements it like like if you just listen to Endwalker's soundtrack you're never playing it it's just beautiful music as much as i would want to play final fantasy 14 i know if i start it i will not stop it so i have to like contain myself well see that's the beauty though you save so much money because you're only playing one game yeah i know know. (laughs) the the forever game except it is almost i was gonna say time time is money barry i'll I'll spend lots of time on that (laughs) to be fair they made it so it's very user-friendly and you will Mm -hmm. just doing the story like forget side quest just doing the story you will over level the story with your first job Mm -hmm. um they make it so easy to level that even now, like 80 was the previous cap, now 90 is the cap, just by spending maybe 45 minutes a day, which really isn't that big of a time commitment. Um, in less than about maybe seven, eight days, you can go from 80 to 90 just by spending that little bit of time. You're doing very little work. Um, I like that. I like that you can spend just a little bit amount of time every day and get a lot of payoff. Or you can grind yourself and say, I'm going to spend the next six, seven, eight hours playing. And you you got a bigger payoff, of course. But it just makes it very easy, very forgiving, very... There's a hundred different ways to level, a hundred different ways to do a lot of things. And that's I think great. that's part of its brilliance. Nice. Well, might be something to consider uh, in the new year here. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, we'll see. All right, so uh, as far as my stuff is concerned, uh, this week I didn't have any video game pickups, shockingly, especially with Christmas and everything else going around. Uh, so I ended up getting the Bloodborne card game. So if nobody's seen that, that exists. Uh, Splendor, the card game. So that's uh, another tabletop type game. And I also picked up Magic the Gathering blue black cards for my, I hate saying it, but my Demir Control, which is blue black control. 
uh, for magic. So that's for standard. I'm hoping to utilize those cards to beat the hell out of Ryan this week. And if it'll happen. This, it, it will happen because I'm just better than you. Uh, and then if we can get some uh, tournaments in play, I'm hoping to play Ben some tournaments. Um, as far as currently playing, uh, I did not really get a chance to play anything this past week uh, since we last recorded. Uh, I was going to start playing my friend Pedro on the Switch because I was traveling. But then I remembered that I have digital copies of The Witcher to read. And so I started reading The Witcher again and finished the second book of The Witcher, which is phenomenal. Uh, mainly because the new season came out. So it was like, new season came out. It was like, oh yeah, that's right. I've got The Witcher books. Let me catch up on that and see how it goes. And yeah, so dove into tons and tons of pages of that. I did start up my friend Pedro, just kind of give it a shot. Oh my God, I cannot get over, like, I'm going to have to buy a pro controller to play this game. I cannot play this in handheld mode at all. It is the biggest pain in the ass. So either that or putting it in dock mode and just playing it that way. You just need a bigger screen? No, it's, it's more so just the controls and what you have to do. Like, it's just for me trying to control that game and like aim with like, I think you aim with like the left or right joystick and then you got to do your firing. Plus it's, there's a lot of multitasking involved and I need like that that more handheld you need a type better grip. Base. Yeah, that's kind of what it what it is for me. I just Have you tried about it. this the the Switch Pro come from Hori? You know, I haven't yet. Um Those that is great. something I've yeah, I've considered that before. I just don't play enough handheld mode to like really dive into that. Um but it might be worth looking into. Uh and then let's see what else I have. I have Ghost of a Tale on PS4. Uh, so I do want to continue that one. That game actually started getting very good uh, as I was playing it a few weeks ago. So hoping to continue that this week. And then once that's knocked out, I think I'll dive into uh, my new game's resolution, my first one. Ryan? Uh, so I got a bunch of black magic cards so that John can beat me. <laughs> uh, um, most of those have already come in. This is my first time, like, buying magic cards online like this so it's new for me uh everything came as i expected uh, it is very different though uh i have another experience my wife buys k-pop photo cards and the amount of thought and care and packaging and freebies and stuff that goes into the fans of k-pop community and what they sell as opposed to like just shoving like five cards into a sleeve into an envelope wrapped in the receipt. <laughs> it's a whole different world. So <laughs> yeah, dude, I mean, I, I sell on and you bought those on TCG and I sell stuff on TCG as well. Yeah. And dude, I, I totally, it's, it's kind of same mentality. Cause like there's no pageantry to mm, it. Well, no, I mean like if I'm selling you a 25 cent card or like a dollar card, and that's the only thing I'm sending. Yeah. You, dude, you got to have three stickers in there. You've got to have like some washi tape so that you can nicely pull it out. It's got to be a whole production. Throw some glitter in there just to be fancy. You would piss so many magic <laughs> players off through glitter in an envelope. <laughs> glitter can, you, bomb. can you imagine a reviewer like, because when you open a, a magic envelope from TCG, you feel where the card is, you rip it out the side and you just pull it out. Like there's no like, oh, let me just gently pull over the top. Like you would literally, and I, I like dump it out. So I would just straight up dump glitter all over my floor if that happens. Uh, you know what you have to do now, Ryan? Yeah. <laughs> I need to start selling magic cards. Yeah. Um, package them. 
the good thing is I recycle a lot of my magic stuff, Ryan, before you jump back in. So we're like, if I get a hard sleeve, I will actually repurpose that hard sleeve for what I'm selling. So when I yeah. do get like, when I am selling like one card, I do just throw it into that hard sleeve. I just don't want hard sleeves laying around. So you just keep those, them moving, keep them circulating. Yeah, Barry's got some there too. I know. Yeah, I've got, yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. Sometimes people send you two and three hard sleeves for like two or three different cards. I'm like, why? Just shove them in one. But yeah, there's no glamour, dude. It's just how it is. But uh, your TCG experience, what'd you think about it? I mean, everything came early. That like optimized cart feature is the greatest thing ever. Um, I had no complaints. Like even things that say like lightly played, I don't know. It, it doesn't even look played to me, I guess. I, I'm fine with it. Barry, I don't I know if you've done any, any problems. I don't know if you've done any buying on like TCG at all. I've never done TCG, uh, just usually like trading on like Facebook for like the Amiibo cards. Uh, yeah. I, I used to be heavy into Magic when it came out back in 93, 94. Mm -hmm. um, but I haven't, I, I got out of Magic in the two th early 2000s. So, so <laughs> with TCG to optimize card thing Ryan was talking about, so you can build out your entire cart of all your items and it'll say like, oh, it's a hundred bucks, right? You go to optimize cart and within there, you can put like, okay, well, I don't want to match, like, I don't want to match printing. I don't want it to come from this specific set. It can come from any set as long as it's the same card. Um, I want to change a condition to where I can receive heavily played cards or damage cards. And damage cards are usually like, they're still sleep playable. It's not like you're getting torn cards. So I'll, I'll actually buy damage cards all the time. Um, and you can just do tons and tons of different like edits to that. And then it'll automatically optimize your cart based on the entire TCG website and give you the best possible price based on three different scenarios with uh, new sellers uh, with buyer protection, sellers that have five stars and then through TCG um, directly. So TCG direct, and it gives you the three price points and a breakdown of your shipping as well as your base price. And then you can you optimize and to, accept. Do you get to see pictures of, of said cards? Normally, like if you say I'm getting a damage, like you is a potluck, you have no idea what's going to show up. So, oftentimes, it is when you're talking like high end premium cards, like those, uh, like Badlands and Tigas and all that type of stuff. Normally, the seller will put a picture of the card up there to show you what the condition is. So, I've seen damaged cards, it's like, oh, yeah, like the whole side is like frayed, and they're like, yeah, it's damaged, and like realistically, it's still sleep playable. Uh, there's some people that say, oh, it's got some water damage and they'll include photos or like, oh, it's bent on like the corner, like the seam is bent, um, but it's still sleep playable. So normally on the big high premium cards, yes, you do see pictures on the little stuff, not so much, but oftentimes, even if it's noted as damage, like I've sold damage cards and realistically, it's actually heavily played. So the gauge I was always put in TCG is if it's damaged, it's probably heavily played. If it's heavily played, it's probably moderate, moderate is probably light, and then light is usually like near mint and near mint is where you kind of get yourself in trouble and you don't see it a lot. Cause if you say near mint and somebody looks and says, Oh, that looks like light play to me. Then that's a whole different fiasco. <laughs> so yeah, usually you'll see more light play and heavy play in there uh, for that. Yeah. Ryan, so, I interrupted you. So continue. no, 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 that's cool. I'm still learning about this too. So this is good info. I'm keep texting John. I'm like, how do I magic? Um, <laughs> so that's that's all i picked up i know i haven't gotten any christmas games i was trying to think this might be the first year or it might be like the second year in a row that i haven't gotten any games for christmas i don't remember what was last year but i gotta talk to your wife about this well like... there was just nothing out really this year like that i really wanted like i'm kind of just sleeping until elden ring i think on any real pickups which just um, got delayed Oh, it did? Did it? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. 
Oh, they're, well, they're doing. I, I, I haven't read the article. I just know it said it was delayed because they're trying to um, do some sort of editing on the tempo of the game to ensure that there was no boredom. OK, that's what I read. I, I didn't dive deep in the art. I mean, it could be like a week delay. I have no idea. I just saw oh, it well. before we hopped on. Well, yeah, so and I haven't really played anything since I beat Mario Odyssey. So I started reading Batman comics on Comixology with a free trial, which I've never done. I'm not a DC person, um, but I think Batman's cool. I think Batman could be his own thing and he would still be fine. Um, So that's been fun. I like that. Well, if you want to read Batman comics, I've got the entire new 52 set. So you are welcome to read that. Yeah, I started reading, I guess, um, with like the Court of Owls stuff. Oh, Dude, that is a phenomenal read. I enjoyed yeah. it a lot. Yeah. And then I just got through uh, Year Zero. And then Year Zero is pretty good. I Death read of- Hush. That was cool. You should look at uh, The Death of Robin the um uh damian wayne i guess yeah damian mm-hmm. wayne yeah you should look at that one that's a good read too so yeah oh they so, finally killed off damian wayne huh well i mean you they you know is anybody work. ever really dead <laughs> yeah like nobody's yeah. really ever dead in comics um but yeah so they so i mean i can i can dive into that one a little bit so it, it wasn't necessarily like a shocking death like when it happened because the whole thing when they're up's like the death of robin Right. Like that's the whole series. But there's one book in particular that when I read it, I almost shed a tear while reading it. And it's not even because you're reading it. The entire book, all like 40, 50 pages, whatever you're reading is just image by image. Like that's all it is. And you're not reading. It's just no text. And it's Mm -hmm. just Batman. Like he jumps into the Batmobile. He looks over to his right where Robin normally is. Robin's not there. Goes out to play with the dog. Robin's not there. And it's like the whole thing is just him seeing his sad dead Batman. son. Yeah, sad Batman the whole time. Oh, and wow. It was, it was the most heartbreaking comic I've ever, like, opened. Well, it was, like, just what they did with that was just shocking, like, how good it was. With no words, they were just able to pull in so many emotions on that book. Yeah. So Cool. I enjoyed it. Stuff to look forward to. Sadness. <clears throat> yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um, of course, you can find our podcast on all of your favorite podcast applications, as well as Good Pods. Uh, find us on thegamedeflators.com. On social media, we are at the Game Deflators on Instagram and Facebook, and at Game Deflators on Twitter. Uh, Barry, if you want to shoot over to Nintendo Few stuff. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, so you could find us on all social medias, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Nintendo Fuse. You could find our podcast on YouTube, as well as all podcast uh, services, the Nintendo Fuse podcast. You could also find all those links at NintendoFuse.com. And you could also find me personally on Twitter at Hawk Hellfire uh, as well. And uh, should I, I guess do a little premium, uh, premiumeditiongames.com. Uh, where you could find the Switch Mania Playcast over there, as well as the games we have for sale. And on social media, we're Premium Edition Games everywhere, except for Twitter, where we're at Premium Edition 1. You need Sounds to get good. a recording of all of that, and then you can just <laughs> click Hit it on. <laughs> yeah. Hold on. You've got so many drops. <laughs> uh, speaking of drops, do you have any uh, news on Premium Edition Games, anything that we should be aware of for the people listening? Uh, yeah, so we uh, we closed out. Last time I was here, we had Series 3 open for pre-order. Uh, Series 3 is closed. Uh, did exceptionally well. Uh, 
and they are now in production. I'm, I'm getting emails all the time like, hey, uh, I ordered Cathedral. Uh, is it shipped yet? Like, no, no, we haven't even ordered it yet. We're, we're in the process of ordering it now. We're doing production. We're estimating uh, March, April for the premium standards and April, May for the retros. Uh, say estimate because the way the world works, it could go faster, it could go slower, and we just want people to be aware of that, but they are in production at this point. Uh, we also have the deluxe uh, Robonaime Fight Guides are on in ship. They're en route. Um, but it's freight shipping, so we will hopefully have it sooner versus later. But we don't even have a tracking number on it because it's freight shipping. So when it arrives, it arrives, and we'll have those out there. And when we do get those in, we'll do a second chance sale uh, for Robonaime Fight with however many deluxe we have left, which is not going to be a lot. Uh, we did do a second chance sale for uh, Demon's Tear uh, and Pigeon Dev. That went extremely well, too. And, uh, you know, going forward, we've got some cool stuff in the pipeline. Been doing some meetings uh, with some developers. And I uh, got some, some, some really exciting things that are, are all prospects, uh, as well as some things that are officially done that we can't talk about yet. But look forward to the spring when after the premium standards do ship. We'll be talking more about Series 4 and the future. I still want to know what the hell the sound is at the end of your last direct. It has been <laughs> annoying me. <laughs> it has annoyed the living hell out of me since I watched that thing. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad we went with that sound effect. Oh, I actually just so went good. back and watched it before we recorded this morning, and I was like, I still don't know. Oh, that is so, fantastic. I wouldn't expect myself to know, though, so I guess I'm not surprised. Yeah, it's the, a, it, I'll say it's a very popular sound effect. That's that's my answer. I, I keep thinking, I'm going to go read the comments. Somebody is smarter than me. 100%. I keep thinking Microsoft for some reason or Xbox. Like that's the thing that keeps popping in my head. I'm like, no, it can't be that. But we'll we'll figure it out. We'll... We I will say that we I've had a few people DM me afterwards and and say, hey, is it this? And they were correct. And I said, "Yep, it is." I mean, we didn't, we didn't, we aren't publicly announcing anything. It isn't simply a tease, and it's simply a breadcrumb tease. And if you figure it out, you can let ask us, let us know, say, "Hey, is this correct?" Uh, and we'll tell you. And if not, you'll be perplexed until we announce it. And when we do, you go, "Son of a, now I get it." Okay. So anybody <laughs> that has tweeted Barry or private messaged him, please private message me with the answer so I know. <laughs> It is. It's so it's frustrating, cheating, John. See, no. That's that's a good tease then, because if it was so obvious, then it'd be like, well, everyone knows. What's the point? You might as well just say it when it's a tease. That's how it's done. Yeah. The worst part is I'm going to feel so bad about myself when I finally learn what it is. Like, <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> oh, well, man. Speaking so, of teases that everybody's going to be upset when they actually learn the answers. Well, it's they're going to be not going to be upset at us. They're going to be upset at themselves for not figuring it out. That's different. Uh, as far as premium edition games is concerned, um, I will say to everybody listening, get your patches. They are <laughs> fantastic. I got my Super Blood Hockey patch and I got my uh, new box opening patch as well, or unboxing patch. Love it. Good stuff, man. Definitely. That was, uh, that was for Series 1, right? Yeah, that was Series 1. So I was, I was totally stoked about that. Yep. Series oh, dude. Yeah. Nice. That looks good. I like that. Uh, so yeah, definitely pick up those patches. Your collection is not complete until you have that patch. So that's true. Yep. All right. So uh, our articles this week, which is really just one article, is controversial. Pokemon Legends Arceus leak has Pokemon fans divided. And this is comicbook.com. We got Tyler Fisher again. Actually, we do a lot of his articles uh, in review. So basically, uh, the premise here is that there is a big Nintendo leaker guy that always leaks Pokemon stuff 
or not Nintendo leaker, Pokemon leaker. And um, he has pretty much said that there was going to be like no item holds. There's no abilities. Um, he has stated that you will have to catch the entire Pokedex before you can actually even catch Arceus. And fans are kind of divided over it. Uh, so, Ryan, we can kick it off to you really quick for your thoughts, then Barry, and then I'll jump in afterwards with probably nothing to say because you guys cover what I say. Okay. So, yeah, the leaker is Riddler Coup, by the way. Credit where credit's due. So, I am... I've talked about this before. I'm not sold on this game. Uh, I don't think it's for me. This is one of those things that whenever a Pokemon co game is coming out, there's always controversy. Usually it's Pokedex-related. And I started thinking about this and writing up what my thoughts were before we recorded. And I went off on this whole side thing about like, you know, they've got that Pokemon bank system. What if they just had like a game that was like purely just battling trading and then they could divorce each of the game releases from needing to have everything because there would be a whole nother hub for that. But I was like, that's not really what this leak is about. This leak is about the systems that are in the game and the dumbing down of the game or or however they're perceiving it. And, you know, I don't understand how this game would prohibit held items unless quick claws weren't invented for the next 200 years or something. Like, maybe it doesn't work out with the game's timeline. Uh, but, like, as far as Pokemon having abilities and stuff, like, that's just further depth and, and strategy. And I think to have an open world-ish thing that they're trying to go for and introduce a hopefully a whole bunch of new systems that we haven't seen you know cool this is a side game it's not a main game let them replace some systems that we're used to with new systems but if if it's just a loss and just a simplification and it's just i don't know run around with your pokemon now instead of having them you know you can't see them now they're 3d models everywhere it, i'm I don't know that that's necessarily the leap forward we need. And I think that the fans are going to buy it up no matter what. Like every time there's controversy, the fans buy it up. Uh, if it's a good new game with other new systems, I'm cool. If they're just lost, I'm out. That's my take. Um, For me, it doesn't bother me as much as probably some other people. And maybe it's because I'm more of a casual Pokemon fan. But when I first saw this shower, this was the game I always wanted. Like when I first watched the anime, when I first played Red and Blue, this is what I wanted. This is what I envisioned. I envisioned it on the 64, how they could use, you know, Ocarina of Time Z targeting and, you know, use the 3D aspects. And to get that, this is the, the kid in me saying yes. So no matter what, I'm going to enjoy that aspect. Um, as for it having less features in terms of held items and stuff like that, it is a game in the past. It's the, the very beginning of the Pokemon storyline for humans interacting. Uh, so you can't expect modern stuff to suddenly magically appear. It would break the timeline. That would be like, I'm going to play, you know, Grand Theft Auto in 19, you know, 32 and why can't I get a Harrier jet? Well, they didn't, didn't exist then. You know, like, you got to go with the scenario and the times. And that's exactly what this is. Uh, you know, they maybe no held items because they didn't think 
about Pokemon holding items in. They're just discovering what they could do with Pokemon. So that to me is fine. And, and like you said, Ryan, maybe there'll be some new system they will introduce that will take its place or be a side grade fine. And if there's not, then it would just be like playing red and blue again. You know, there was no held items then either. You were fine then. Um, it's it's just one of those things where you have to go with the fact that they're telling a story. This is a story-driven game first and a Pokemon game second, as opposed to like the mainline games where really they're Pokemon games first and story-driven games second. Because let's be real, a lot of the Pokemon stories are kind of fluff. It's, I'm a kid, I'm a 10-year-old kid, and I'm going to save the world because here's a gang of bullies and we're just going to use Pokemon. And when I beat their Pokemon, they're just going to say, I'm giving up my evil plans instead of just walking over and punching you in the face because you're a 10-year-old kid and saying, screw you, I'm still doing what I'm going to do. Like, you have to suspend disbelief here. And and that's the same thing. I mean, this is a story-driven game. As for collecting the whole decks <clears throat> before you can get Arceus, uh, there's got to be a reason for that. There's got to be a story-driven reason for that. And, uh, you know, I don't want to say yay or nay on it. I mean, would I prefer not to do it? Sure. But if there's a good story reason why, then fine. I'm going to play this game like every other Pokemon game. I'm going for the full decks. I'm getting everything and halfway through going, screw this, I want to see the end of the game and move on. And that's fine with me. That's just how I'm going to play the game, and that's how it's going to go. But if I'm having fun running around and that, that captures my attention more. There's, as long as it's not like a lot of dead ends for the sake of dead ends, like this, that you're rewarded for your exploration, then great. Then I'm going to play like crazy because I enjoyed the Wildlands in Sword and Shield. I enjoyed being running around. If the whole game's that, that's even better. So I'm still stoked, regardless for this game. Um, I've been so far removed from Pokemon. So Barry, you said you're a casual fan. I am not even what a casual fan would be. I played red and blue. I played yellow, played silver and gold. And then I've taken a break until let's go Pikachu and Eevee. And now this is coming out. Like I didn't touch sword and shield. I, I'm not touching diamond and pearl anytime soon. Like that's just where I am with Pokemon. Yeah. This to your point is exactly what I envisioned when I played Pokemon as a kid, I feel that with Pokemon go, we kind of got this in a sense, right? The walk around the Pokemon are appearing, you're catching them. Like obviously it's not the same experience because on your phone, but that type of dynamic is what I always wanted in Pokemon. And this is going to bring it, um, totally agree with your point on here with, um, you know, the holding of items and stuff probably wasn't thought of at that point. And I agree that, you know, long-term fans may be upset about this if they're like hardcore, but long-term fans should probably also understand to your point, this is very much in the early stages of Pokemon and discovery. And there's a lot of things that weren't thinking about, you know, were they thinking TMs and HMs and all that good stuff? Probably not. Um, we'll probably get a tease of that. I imagine towards the end of the story, yeah. we'll see something along those lines. Um, <laughs> But yeah, until it comes out, we're not going to, you know, 100% now. And this is meant to be a different experience altogether. You know, and I if think that's what people are missing. You mentioned the TMs. I can imagine the opposite where it's like, oh, we've <clears> discovered <throat> this thing called a Pokemon. And oh, you know, oh, here's a Growlithe. We've never seen this before. Hold on. Let me go into my library. And I've got a library of TMs that I could just magically just have in convenience for you to train. Where'd you get those? Why did you write those? What the heck? Um, there would be no logical reason. And people would yeah. be mad about that. Like that came out of nowhere. Why would you have that? They would pick it apart. So yeah. you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. So if you're mm -hmm. going to do something, I say play on the, the air of reasonable 
And <laughs> hey, we've never heard of these things. Why would we have manuals to teach them moves? We've, yeah. We're just discovering what they are. So mm-hmm. you know, that's like anything. Yeah. like saying, oh, I just got this automobile. I've never heard of one before. It's brand new. Oh, well, what what kind of car is it? Well, there's only one. It's a Ford Model T. Oh, hold on. Let me look. Here's my Chevy manuals. Here's my Toyota mm-hmm. manuals. Oh, here's my Ford Model T. How do you have that? This is the first one off the assembly line. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Just- This is what I was kind of getting sidetracked when I was looking at earlier. Like Pokemon has this legacy that no other franchise really has to deal with. Like every uh, Dragon Quest game has to have a slime in it, but they don't have to make a hundred new kinds of slime every game and put them in every new game moving forward or they get burned alive at the stake for not doing it, you know? You expect your references, you expect your carrying on legacy content, but Pokemon is the only one where like the community is forcing, trying to force the devs to just like, no, you've done it before. Just, just do everything. Just do everything again, all the time and more. Yeah. And dude, I think the thing that excites me most here is the origin story component of it. And I'm sure we'll see extinct Pokemon and and whatnot, like things that we didn't even get teases for in prior games like yeah i think it's gonna be cool to see that and then as far as the necessity of capturing all the pokemon just to capture arceus i think that's actually pretty sweet i mean i I see that as more of a challenge to the game an added challenge and a bonus um to really get the full pokedex and as far as you know the ease of it i I think it's better you know most games have had experience of well you can only get this pokemon like in red and blue you have to trade x pokemon to get the full pokedex right yellow kind of well yellow i think yeah, you'd have to trade over as well. And then silver and gold, you've always had like the two, you know, games that you had to do some sort of interchangeable, um, you know, trade or something to be able to like, get the full Pokedex. Whereas this is just a standalone title. And yep. I don't think we, you know, I think it's gonna be easier in that respect, not having to worry about certain Pokemon being in one game versus the other. Uh, so that should make things a little bit less challenging in a sense, but still having that challenge and that really that accomplishing feel of, I captured the entire Pokedex. Since game. since you haven't played since then, there's also other things that are made more complicated besides just trading. And some some evolutions, even been red and blue, only evolved when you traded them. But there's some where you have to walk with them and have them for so many steps before they evolve. Some where they evolve only at night to be one and day yep. to another, where you have to use a certain stone or a berry or something. Like, there's all these extra complications added to it oh well this one evolves if it's a happy pokemon into one and this one if it's a sad pokemon to another like it just it's complications and i'm not saying those are bad uh for the main line but it's going to make this obviously a lot easier Mm -hmm. i agree we also don't know the size of the decks do we like it's not going to be 900 1000 pokemon it's probably going to be like 150 200 maybe yeah i can much more reasonable numbers yeah it's going to be a reasonable number because it's it's one area and it's, you know, it's not going to have all that stuff. And you probably won't be able to bring in stuff from Pokemon Home. You might be able to. I don't know. Well, but and it it's seems... the same area, right? So they just use the same Pokemon from that same generation where they focused it's, it's on It's the Diamond, Pearl, like Sinnoh, I think it is. Uh, I could be wrong. I'm probably a Pokemon fan. It's like, no, it's not Sinnoh. Um, but it's like prior to, like in the past. Mm-hmm. And that's why they did it along with the Diamond, Pearl remakes. So if you play this and you like it, you may say, let me do Diamond and Pearl and see what that region's like, you know, 100 years later or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I was looking for the uh, Pokedex here to see if I can find it. But eh, actually, I think I might have. 
it looks like I think it has a mix of Pokemon from other games mixed in. Like I, I haven't dove yeah. too much into like the Pokedex and stuff. I've just been excited for that, you know, open world experience of Pokemon. That's what I've been looking forward to. And the origin story, the Pokemon catching comes secondary in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's definitely going to have a mix, but I'm curious the amount, like the total. Because yeah, I remember yeah. with like Sword and Shield, people were like, what? It doesn't have the regional decks. It's got less thing. Oh, this, this sucks. And I'm, I'm on the camp of I would like a regional decks. I would like every Pokemon in every game of course but it didn't stop me from enjoying sword and shield i still played it i still enjoyed it and i still attempted to catch them all and totally failed um because that's just how i usually wound up playing pokemon games (laughs) (laughs) yeah i I I beat it but i just never got everything same dude it was always a matter of like yeah i want to catch them all and it was like nah, i just don't got time for this like once you beat the elite four you're done yeah i uh i just couldn't play pokemon anymore like Every Pokemon I played less and less. So it wasn't even like ever trying to shoot for that max peak. It was just like getting all the badges. Like by the time I got through Diamond and Pearl, I think that was the last one. Like I actually got through the Elite Four. And then after that, I just kind of like maybe got to like the fourth gym in white or black. I don't even remember which one I had. But yeah. I I would love for this to prove me wrong. I'm really excited to see the content on this and watch people's reactions and reviews because it could be everything that we all imagined when we were younger and like maybe it'll flip that spark back on me. I would love to be proven wrong. Well, we'll see. I mean, this may be a, a day one purchase for you and maybe a few months from now. We'll see how it goes. And then I have yeah. one more bit of Pokemon related content. Uh-huh. Uh, there was this hilarious tweet i saw this week where like somebody fed all the pokemon images into an ai and it spit out its own like ai versions of what it thinks pokemon look like and they're hilarious like if you squint at them they look almost like they could be real pokemon it's so funny yeah add that to uh pop that on twitter see yeah (laughs) see what comes up well since we're talking you know a nintendo based game barry do you guys have with nintendo fuse do you have any like things coming up down the pipe any like articles that have recently come out that are somebody might want to read um the articles that we usually post are more like the new stuff coming out uh we have a team member dave who does an amazing job with that um just last month maybe a month and a half ago i posted my latest industry talk with uh, heritage auctions which uh I was really honored to be able to do that and get their side of the whole controversy going on with WADA. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was nice to be able to sit down and be like, hey, let's talk about this. And they were open to talk, which I was like, wow, okay, cool. Um, so that's that's one of the, the interviews I'm pushing now just because I'm proud that I was able to even do that. That they, they even So like, oh, we'll take the time and sit there and talk with you. Like, oh, cool, wow. I'm, I'm a nobody, thank you. Uh, but we do have our podcast, our uh, they're on hiatus right now because of the holidays. You know, we, we wanted to take some time off, but we are coming back. Yeah, I get that number. We are coming back January 17th with our 2022 predictions episode. That's always fun because we're all going to be wrong, especially me. I'm usually wrong. Um, so 20 days uh, we'll be back. But we also have uh, some game reviews coming out, too. Um, some games from East Asia Soft. They've provided us some codes like uh, the letter and Hiroshi goes snowboarding. So, you know, stay tuned for stuff like that too. Cool. Uh, and then you guys record live on Mondays, right? Yeah, Mondays at 8:30 p.m. Eastern. We record video live and audio live, so you can watch us on YouTube. You can watch us on Twitch. 
make fun of us, you could also, you know, come in and chime in and be a part of the show, which is always fun because if you do something live, something happens, you can't cover it up. And of course, <laughs> after that, it goes to post. And then uh, that's what goes on to the, the platforms like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, everything like that. But uh, yeah, the YouTube cut and the Twitch cut are, are both live. So you get to see it all. Nice. Uh, so diving into the uh, next piece here, uh, gaming trends to end in 2021. So we do this every year. Uh, we kind of cover, you know, some of the things that have been occurring in 20, well, the prior year. So Ryan, you said gaming trends to end in 2021. It's actually 2022. But oh. we look at we look at what's happened in the year and then we say, all right, well, this is something that was super popular in the year. It's some sort of trend in gaming like this needs to go away. So I can kick this one off real quick. Um, and then Barry, I know you got the same one, so we could totally just feed off each other on this one. So I think that the trend to end in 2022 is NFTs. This is, and this is specific to gaming. And I, I see this as a very slippery slope for larger gaming companies to basically print money with virtual collectibles that aren't going to be worth squat. You know, they're going to mass produce these things. They're going to claim it's a collectible. It's going to be this like unique thing that you have. And it really isn't. It's just another way to to just grab your money and, and put it towards something that's not even fully gaming related necessarily. Yeah, I think this whole digital thing is garbage. <laughs> I Square just put out a letter like, oh, we're fully embracing NFTs and, and digital stuff. And I'm like, no, no. And my... Well, I do pick NFTs as well. I also do uh, kind of a side thing, which is games as a service, and and uh, like the like I don't I'm not a fan of games as a service. If it's an MMO, that's different because you you know this is designed as that. When you take a single player game, and you're like, oh, it's a games as a service, that no longer makes it a real single player MMO. Like it's no longer an offline game. It has to be online. It has to be connected. And I think the biggest one that really upsets me is from square Babylon's fall, you know, platinum game developed. And it's like, Oh yeah, it's a games as a service. Like, no, I just lost all interest in it. Uh, so I want to see those disappear. Uh, you know, I want, if a single player game, I want it to be single player offline can just enjoy it on your own without internet. And for, Christ's sake, give us a physical copy of it. <laughs> Let us be able to own the damn thing. And that's the thing. Like I was reading something that EA is like, this is a physical, like digital copy of something that you can own because it's an NFT and all that. And you got the cryptocurrency stuff tied to it. Like, I don't like, do, do kids growing up nowadays need to be subjected to NFTs and cryptocurrencies at a young age? Like the answer is really no. And I mean, well, gaming should be for everyone. Like in every mobile game, there's three kinds of currency to try to, yeah. you know, fiddle with your understanding of how much money you're really dumping into it. So I would say if anybody's used to it by now, kids are. That doesn't necessarily mean that they've got a great understanding or appreciation for it. Well, that's they're definitely issue. used to it. Well, and that's a big issue is that do they have a full understanding of what they're doing? And it's not necessarily their money that's going into cryptos and NFTs. It's their parents' money. And I think that that is a slippery slope as we move forward with this. Um, I want to meet the parents who's like kid, like invested. And all of a sudden the parents are like, well, I guess that like paid off. Like there's got to be some portion of kids that like took their parents wallet, invested in Dogecoin and like made a ton of money or something. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. there is. Yeah. But that's what these game companies are doing, though. They, they know their audience. They know mm -hmm. their audience is the kids. Like, we're collectors. We're adults. We buy games. They're happy with our money. But the truth is, is we're smart enough. 
to know, oh, okay, well, this is n this is not something I need to own. I'm, I'm fine with just playing the game. What they're trying to do is they're trying to indoctrinate kids into thinking this is the future so that as the kids grow up, knowing this is the way it is, they're soon going to become the adults with the money and it's going to be acceptable because that's mm -hmm. what their childhood was like. It's yeah. phasing us out and, and, and bringing them, them up to, so to make this the future. And the only way to stop that is for us to put our foot down and say, no, like we're, we're the reason gaming is as great as it is. The people developing the game, you are our generation too. Like, what are you doing? You're preying on kids. You're preying yeah. on FOMO. There's only one of this. Only one of this. Only one of this. It's this little picture. It's one of this. You have to get it. Million dollars. Oh, I gotta get it. I gotta get it. You're preying on people. NFTs are garbage. Give us these games that we enjoy. Make gaming about gaming. Make it about fun. Don't make it about milking money out of kids. Or their yeah. And I've heard so many people say NFTs are the future, NFTs are the future. Well, you know, NFTs are the future because you keep saying it's a future. It's it's something that you're throwing down our throats, hoping that we'll buy into it. And if we if these kids buy into it, then yeah, it'll be the future. And it's not a very bright future. Um, and I can see well, this being overproduced garbage that <clears throat> is not worth anything. Sometimes you know? they'll say like that. They'll just say re repeat things. If I say it enough times, it's true. But yeah. remember back in 2000. I'm going to say five-ish maybe when smartphones were really starting to come into their fruition and mobile games were like, mobile's the future, mobile's the future. Oh, why do you need a handheld console? You can just play on mobile. Look at all the games you get for 99 cents. The DS still thrived beyond belief and the PSP did exceptionally well. And obviously mobile games weren't the future because dedicated handhelds still existed with the 3DS and Vita and obviously the, the Switch now. Um, so they told us mobile games of the future, mobile games of the future. Oh, look at this. You want this game with shitty mo microtransactions because that's better than you buying a full fledged 60 hour RPG for 40 bucks. Um, that didn't pan out. So they're well, trying I mean, something new. Mobile gaming is like, they do make more money than console gaming does. But I think yeah, that's part not dominated. Yeah. And I think the reason why mobile makes so much is because so many people have, mobile phones and they're buying these games but it doesn't necessarily to barry's point doesn't necessarily mean it's the future and it's like overtaking gaming as a whole like if yeah. it was overtaking gaming as a whole you wouldn't have playstation you would have nintendo it's have just a different platform like the most played shooter is on mobile it's like some mobile call of duty variant or something like that which and is hot just, garbage by the way <laughs> well the thing is it's just people have access to it like yeah you know and the convenience of it like there's a lot there that is I, I mean, it's enough to get by. And I feel like that's a big problem like I have with mobile gaming is like I find it hard to take seriously because it is so just like passively something you can do. Like I'm so excited for the play date because it's like a physical thing with actual buttons and it serves a purpose. It's not just like, oh, I read all my text messages. Oh, I've gone through my Google feed. I guess I can do this now it's not just like a last resort function it's like an actual desired thing to do yeah well, you know and i feel like we all kind of approach mobile gaming that way and i mean um i don't know how did we get on this we were talking about nfts and stuff sorry <laughs> we got into trends trends <laughs> trends trends to ends. Um, but you know the thing also with mobile is like you said convenience but i think people now like they were positioning mobile to be the replacement and I think now mobile is more of a supplementary. 
Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, I've got 20 minutes before bed, 10 minutes before bed. I'm lying here. You know, let me just play a quick round of whatever on my mobile device and be done with it. Cool. Um, I don't think people are coming home from school or work or going, I can't wait to sit in front of my phone and play six hours of a mobile game. Like, I want to sit through and play six hours of Witcher or Final Fantasy or, or you know, Call of Duty or whatever is your vice, whatever you want to play. Um, I don't think that's we were ever getting to that point. I think it's more like a supplement. Like I got to go take a crap. Hold on, I could play this while I take a crap. Cool. I mean, I can you play could, a round or two. You, you could buy Switch. like every Final Fantasy up to nine. I think on mobile now. Yeah, who wants yeah. to play it on there when you can play yeah. it on like a Switch? Like, <clears throat> but how many people are playing it is a question. Yeah, yeah, I and like how often and how much grinding. I mean, like, do you want to Barry's point, man? Do you want to sit there and play fifty hours of Final Fantasy seven or something on your mobile phone? Probably not. Like you're going to get more enjoyment playing that game on a TV or on a switch uh, with actual physical buttons. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I, I could see both points like mobile. It's not necessarily an offshoot and it's not making money and it's not relevant because it, it certainly is relevant. There's a lot of great games that are on mobile and some games that have been released physically that started as mobile games. Um, but at the same time, it is supplementary to what we're doing in the industry and what we see. Uh, and you know, Barry, I mean, I think you're right in, in regard to it's not like something you're going to sit down for hours. I, I have friends who have teenagers and the kids will sit there and play whatever, you know, mobile Final Fantasy game there is. And they'll spend 15, 20 minutes with it. And then it's done. Like they set it aside and out pops the 3DS or out pops mm-hmm. the Switch. So, yeah, I mean, most, of, most of the games are are daily games they have daily logins they've got daily objectives and most of the time and i'm guilty of it too we pull out our phone when we have five ten minutes let me do my daily thing so i don't have to worry about it later boom i did it put it down great and And it's just like one more it's like a checklist one more thing i got to do for the day that's really all it is and exactly and that's where i think uh you know mobile games is very much on a bottom tier when we talk gaming and you know consoles and pc and such are going to be at that top tier um so Ryan, uh, what was, you know, I, I was going to dive into another trend, but let's, uh, what's your trends? Um, uh, you know, so kind of like a time here. Yeah. I bots, man. Like I was thinking about it. I was ready reading it. I was seeing it everywhere. Uh, you know, people are trying to get their hands on consoles. People are trying to get their hands on the last graphics cards. They just announced the next new graphics cards, which nobody's going to be able to get their hands on except for these freaking bots. Like, I know that they're trying to pass, like, some Congress bill or something. And in the past, I've been a little bit, like, I mean, yeah, they're assholes. But, like, is it something that should be illegal? And the more I think about it, the more I'm just, like, this is just, like, it. the world is hard enough. Like, everything sucks enough, like, without these people just being out there for themselves like this. Like, it's it's a retail product for people to enjoy, to, like... For, you know, kids to be able to blow off steam because they got to deal with school and growing up in the world like there's no reason for that. Get rid of these people's bots. Don't put anybody in jail. Just get rid of the bots. Make sure that everything is like fair access for people and make it so that like I know that you can go to GameStop sometimes. Uh, They're doing these announcements, but it's not just for the console. You have to buy like a nine hundred dollar care package in order to get and you might not want all of that you might not be able to afford that you might only be able to afford the console and now the only way that they can compete with the bots is to outprice 
the consumer even at the store. Yeah, but, but at least at that point you're getting something for the nine hundred dollars versus the yeah. nine hundred dollars you pay a scalper and you're just getting the five hundred dollar system. Yeah, well, yeah, for sure. You are getting your values worth, but like when they can't even really respect like the MSRP because they have to circumvent, like it's gotten to that that point now that like I I can't I can't turn away like I may have been on the wrong side of it for too long anyways, but like I just want to see the bots go away and let people have their next gen consoles and graphics cards. Well, and you had mentioned like you don't want to see people in jail on it. You know, I don't either. But at the same time, if you think about things like price gouging, right, you know, people that were buying toilet paper during the 2020 toilet paper epidemic, um, you know, like people were throwing this stuff online and getting in trouble for it because they were price gouging on something that was a desired product. Now, obviously, that's more of a necessity Buy a bidet, product. you filthy animals. Yeah, well, I got a bidet. I never hooked it up. Um, but like, you know, people are getting in trouble for price gouging. It's kind of in the same respect, right? If you're owning a bot system and you're buying thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000 worth of PlayStation consoles or Xbox consoles because you can and then flipping them for double the price. I mean, in a sense, that is the exact same thing that price gouging is. Like you're just price gouging the market. And it's not. And people say, oh, well, it's capitalism. It's a fair market. No, it really isn't because it's now an unfair market. What you've done is just taken existing products that are actually in a quantity on the shelves that people can physically go out and purchase if they wanted to. And you're doubling the price. And as far as GameStop is concerned, those bundles, I think it's just GameStop taking advantage of the fact that, you know, taking advantage of a market. Hey, you can't get a PlayStation for, you know, 800 more dollars. And we're, we're not talking about GameStop doing this online only to circumvent scalpers. They are doing this in store. They are forcing you to purchase bundles of these game consoles. So it's not, you know, it's not even in the same respect as like, we're doing this to try and prevent scalpers from buying, you know, all of our PlayStations because now they have to pay 900 bucks and they get a bunch of games and controllers and things they they can't easily flip because you can buy PlayStation controllers or PS5 controllers all day long in a, in a Walmart or Best Buy. I see them all the time. You can buy games all day long. You can't buy the PS5s all day long. And I think that's just GameStop taking advantage of a situation and trying to make as much money as they can. And kudos to them for taking advantage of it while they can. Totally understand what they're doing. But I do think that the bot system should be made illegal and those that are actively using it and caught should be fined uh, like they would with price gouging. You know, I'm I'm with you, of course, but I wouldn't mind some jail time because these people know exactly what they're doing. They are breaking the law. Price gouging is illegal and they know it. And it's not like they can feign ignorance because they set up a bot. They're buying $30,000 worth of PlayStations and Xboxes. Oh, I didn't know what I was doing. Bull crap. You know exactly what you're doing. You're doing this to take advantage. And it's one thing if you went to a store, let's say they have PS5s, they had Xboxes, limit one per customer. You waited in line at 4 a.m., you got there, you bought it, and then you come home and you say, I want to flip it. That's that's fine. I mean, you're welcome to do that. You're, you're, you're putting in the time, you're getting it the same chance as everybody else. When you're botting and you're getting so many and it's not like, oh, I bought it and I've got one and I'm flipping it. It's literally, look at me. I'm surrounded by Xbox Series Xs. Who wants to buy one? You know exactly what you're doing and you're flaunting it off. You're yeah. literally announcing to the world, I'm a scumbag. The reason your kids don't get what they want or you don't get what you want is because of me. Hallelujah. Now pay me $900 for a system. That's what they're doing. And to me, I agree with you. Bots are garbage. They should be illegal. They should be stopped. And the worst part is what stores are starting to do is they're trying to 
prevent bots by making it harder for humans to actually do it more more hoops for us to hurdle and go through and it's it's annoying even now like i'm not a robot yes i'm not a robot like i have to click that all the time i hate that let me just log in let me just go into my account uh let me just buy something i want to buy (laughs) you know and i think that there should be fines that are put on these retailers as well for allowing these bots to go so like when your gpus are selling out and you look at the orders that are done there should be some sort of automated process to determine hey 40 of these or 50 of these went to one flip in person and it's absurd like you know they say oh well we're preventing this but after like the whole thing with uh nvidia and amd there were people flaunting their orders of 30 and 40 GPUs and then taking pictures of it when they arrived to the one address. That is so like, that is just post sale. You can very easily cancel that sale and they're not. Oh yeah. They should. And that's what's so frustrating about it. So I think that there should be fines levied against a bunch of those retailers as well. Agreed. If, if they're not doing the catch, because again, if someone says, well, I've got three of them and they got sent to three different addresses and I'm going to flip them. That's fine. You got three of them. Congratulations. You did it the same way everybody else did. You were there again. Yeah, that's your choice. Yeah. But when it's a bot and you're getting that many of them, it's ridiculous. It's, it's mm-hmm. clearly you're doing this with malicious intent. You're yeah. doing this with the intent to gouge people, especially during the holiday season. And I mean, we've seen toy flippers do it for years. Beanie Babies, Tickle Me Elmos, Tamagotchis, you name it. But there weren't bots. There were people waiting in line. There were, you know, it's like the equivalent of going to a store and seeing someone roll up with a cart and just like put their arm on a shelf yeah. and put everything in their cart walking away. Like if you see somebody like that, you probably want to punch them in the face. And I think most people do because they're clearly an asshole. And that's why we have to have limits on things. We have to prevent someone from doing that. Because I've seen that with Amiibo. I, yeah. You know, Amiibo launches where they had to limit it because people were like, I'll take all of them right now. Like first in line, I'll take all of them. Screw the rest of the people here. What? Why? What are you going to do? You're clearly going to flip them. You don't need 100 of each Amiibo. You're just doing it for that reason. Yeah. So. It's disgusting. And to your point, like, you know, if you go into a store and you wait and you find a couple of them, like if I walked into, you know, I'll say right now, if I walked into a store right now and I saw two PS5s, would I buy them both? Probably. Would I try to flip for 800? Probably not. I'd probably sell it to Ryan at what I got it for. Yeah. So that way he has one. You're a good friend, John. Good friend. Yeah. But I mean, that's realistically the way it should be done. And what they need to start doing is stop selling these things online and start releasing them physically in store and limiting the amount of purchases in store. Yeah, when the PS5 and the Series X came out, I pre-ordered two of them each from two different retailers each. And the reason I do that is because I don't trust uh, any of them from even coming in. Like, I expect cancellation. They oversold. So I got two for that very reason to to guarantee. And and ironically, all four systems came in. So I did exactly what you did. I sold to my friends for cost. I said, just pay me cost with tax uh, and you get it for that price. You know, like, I don't need extra money. Yeah. Exactly. It's a crazy thing. I hope that in 2022, we do see that one end for sure. Um, well, uh, diving into our, our next piece here, uh, Ryan, you finally did something. I did it. I did it. I beat Mario Odyssey. It was uh, it was a triumph. I, I can't believe it. I'd like to thank all the people that made this possible. Um, but really, at the end of it, I was looking back at my time and the words that I wrote here... I, I think that I am disenchanted. Like, I had a pretty good time playing this game. It was gorgeous. I love Mario Worlds. They're always so imaginative and creative. 
Uh, the controls were really good. I mean, I was playing on the pro controller most of the time, even though every time I started the game, the game was like, hey, man, you know that we got all this extra stuff that you can do if you want to waggle around a bit. And I'm like, ah, eh, that's OK. Um, the level designs were great. I love the hat mechanic. E everything in this is like a really great, well-made game. I think it absolutely lives up to all the hype and the praise. But at the end of the day, like after the credits rolled and the game was like, hey, dude, there's a lot more left that you can do here. I was like, that's fine. I'm I think I'm just done. And, you know, I don't have like a huge legacy of doing a lot of Mario games. Uh, I've played plenty of platformers. Uh, I had a really good time a couple years ago with the messenger. Uh, there just was something about this that I just wasn't. I just wasn't grabbed in the way that it has grabbed so many other people. And I don't really know why or what it is because I can't think of a real negative thing to say about it. And, and I mean, I wasn't expecting to have my ass kicked so much either. Like I must've fought that brutal mech thing, like at least a dozen times because I just couldn't ever just get through on that last sliver of health. Like I had some challenge in this game. It wasn't like, Oh, it was so easy. I just was was bored or anything like that. I, I don't really know how to pin it down, but it, it's weird to both enjoy and then not really have a lot of positive experience to look back on at the same time. I think what it was for you is you might have been overhyping yourself with this game. And so when you look at it in that respect, you're like, wow, this is a great game, but I feel like it just missed the mark on that really like big hype that I was expecting for this. I, I think this is one of the greatest Mario games ever made, uh, in my opinion. And, you know, maybe Ryan, it's, it's because you didn't have all those great amiibos so you can make more costumes. Mm. That might be what it was. Yeah. Have you ever seen Mario in a dress? I have, cause I have the amiibo for it. Oh, dude, once I got, once I got pirate, uh, Mario with the one piece hat, I was like, that's it. Barry, uh, are you ready to uh, throw Ryan out of a building at this point? No, because no. here's why. Everyone is going to enjoy every game differently. You know, there's plenty of people who love like Crash Bandicoot, for example. Oh, my God, the Crash games are great. And I played the Crash games uh, back in the PlayStation. I played the Insane Trilogy, and I still think they're hot garbage. I think they're poor level designs. I think they control like ass. I think a lot of the platforming is just unfair and just not well designed. And I understand that for a lot of people that was their childhood. They didn't, they had a PlayStation. They didn't have Nintendo. They, this was what they grew up with. So they didn't get that perfection of platformers. So I get that and that's fine. And if you love crash and is your favorite franchise ever, you know what? That's great for you. You know, I'm not going to take that away from you. I wouldn't gaming is about enjoyment for me. I didn't enjoy that. So I loved Odyssey as well. I love Mario platformers. I think Odyssey was great. I, I loved the dark side of the moon and darker side of the moon gave me a challenge. And I, I loved conquering that. I felt so accomplished. I got all the, all the balloons, all the, the moons. I mean, I got 999. I got the biggest balloon there is, you know, by, by just buying farming gold and, and buying moons. Like I got all the costumes at the time, none of the DLC, but I just, I fell in love with that game. I loved that game so much. But I also understand it's not for everybody. And the fact that Ryan stuck through and actually beat the game 
as a testament to how great it is because he was still, hey, I'm, I'm giving this game a full chance. I'm not playing the first world or the second world and saying that's it. There's a lot of challenge to get to that point. It's up to him if he wants to go further. And maybe down the road he will. But I'm happy he enjoyed himself for the most part. I'm glad he, he likes the game and that he, he absolutely accomplished his goal, which a lot of people don't accomplish their goals. Yeah. And and for that, that's all there is to it. I'm not going to throw him under the bus. Why should I? Well, Ryan, I do have to say, but I think one of the reasons you stuck through it is you had Spice Girls on the PlayStation 1 looming above you as the, I as just, the punishment I for not disa- completing. I couldn't disappoint everybody after what happened with Persona 4, so I, I needed to come through on this one. I will say that... Um, you know, I didn't play it all in one go. I played it throughout the year at different parts. So I don't know if maybe that affected it. I did notice like um, earlier this year when uh, I can't remember the actual game. That's the remake, but it had the Bowser's Fury. Is it Mario 3D Land 3D World 3D yeah. World plus Bowser's Great Fury? Great game as well. The Bowser's Fury part, uh, the coverage I saw of that looked really cool. And it's it sounded awesome. really interesting as like a new direction. So like. I'm I'm not really looking forward to going and revisiting old Mario again anytime too soon, but I am looking forward to the future of Mario and potentially where they can go with it. I, I always see Mario as like a pillar of just where gaming is. You can kind of look in on Mario games and be like, oh, I guess this is kind of like the next thing moving forward in the industry. This is kind of like the stamp of like where we are now so the next mario like maybe maybe the next mario on the next platform is what it's going to be for me uh now bowser's fury is only like a six hour adventure like it's really really quick easy to to beat and even you know not that much longer to get 100 percent on is that something that you would give a shot to because it's it is different it's like a odyssey meets 3d world kind of meets sunshine kind of controls uh it's its own beast yeah, I don't know. Uh, I have did it. Did you Ryan, pick that so one up? It. Yeah, okay, I have it. Yeah. So you can borrow it. Yeah, I would. I would probably check that out at some point. Barry, do you know if that's on the cart or if it's DLC? Oh no, it's on the cart. Okay, cool. Yeah, so Ryan, you can totally borrow it for me if you want. Sweet. There we go. Yeah. I haven't played it yet. It's not even open. So. Oh yeah. wow, you haven't played it yet? Oh, it's no, dude. Totally yeah, quick dude. but fun. It's, dude, my shelf is so many sealed games. Oh, I, I, I hear you. Yeah. But like a Mario game, like you got to play that. Like, <laughs> oh, I know. Well, that's, you know, it's one I'll probably play with my wife. So it's just not one that's like, hey, we should totally play Bowser's Fury right now. It's got to be so hard because you quick. pick up every Switch game. So it's like I was going to ask you earlier, like, I, but I kind of pulled from context. Like, it sounds like Arceus is going to be a game you're going to open and play right away. Yeah, Arceus. Like, I have my pillar of games that I like. These are games I'm going to play. I look forward to them when they come. I I play immediately, and then when there's downtime, I'll go back to either my backlog or a game I just didn't get to finish. Like I never got to finish Shin Megami Tensei Five because Endwalker came out, so that mm. like ruined that. <laughs> and I might go back. Uh, so I'm trying to do all my Endwalker stuff before, at least all the main stuff I want to get done before Arceus comes out. But when there's backlog, you know, when there's that empty spot, that's when I'll do my marathons of games and I'll go back. But I won't open a game until I'm ready to play it. So uh, speaking of backlog, our new games resolutions for 2022 mm. do this every year. Uh, Ryan is, I think, uh, two for three, if I'm correct, on his. Uh, <laughs> we are not going to count your three Zeno or not Xenoblade. I always say it. we're not going to count your three Zone of the Enders as three individual no, like no, no. years. But yeah, you're in years. You're, you're two for three. Uh, I am currently three, three for three. 
Uh, so Barry, this is the first time I think we've had a guest come on to say, what are you declaring is that game that you've always wanted to play, but just hadn't, <laughs> uh, I'll kick this one off. So for me, oh, and you guys are going to shit all over me again, even though it's now recording, uh, I'm going to play Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask on the N64. How uh, could it, you, John? How, how, could, how could you? So I've really wanted to dive more into N64 games, and I started to do that a bit last year when I picked Conkers as my game. Phenomenal game. Absolutely loved it. And uh, really what it kind of comes down to is I've picked up a lot of N64 games over the years. I haven't really played them a whole lot. A lot of that has to do with the fact that I didn't have an N64 until college. I didn't start picking up N64 games until that period of time. Big PS1, PS2, PS3 players for a number of years. So there's a lot of games on those consoles that I beat uh, all the way through. Some of them I replayed. Uh, Final Fantasy X, I think three times I, I beat that game. Um, and some of it's just, you know, life, you know, getting in the way and just it not being a high priority console for me to jump into. Now I, I really want to dive into that and, and make that effort to play more in 64 games. Part of it also is I've always hated the N64 controller. Uh, it, it's just not my favorite controller. Uh, and I, I've played things like Mario Party over the years with it and played a little Mario 64 and whatnot. I just absolutely hated the controller. A complete dog shit, in my opinion. Worst controller of all time. And so now that Barry's <laughs> like increasingly the bubble gets bigger. Uh, <laughs> but now that I got my Brawler 64 controller, uh, I can play more in 64 games like a normal human being and have both hands on there and feel great about it. Uh, so that's really what I'm looking forward to having a brawler type controller. Uh, so if you don't, if you haven't seen one of those yet, it's totally worth picking up. I love how it, how it handles and finally being able to play these two games completely. Uh, I did play them in the past, killed lots of chickens, jumped into temples uh, with friends as they were getting angry over it, played it on and off. Uh, remember frustrations around Majora's Mask with like, I think it's like the three day period that you have like in game to technically beat it. Um, so there's a lot of good times ahead of friends years ago, but nothing that's like super relevant today, but I'm going to be like, that was a fantastic experience. and I got to get back into it. So that's what I'm diving into. I'm super excited to play them better late than never on these two games. And we'll see what it holds and, and what I might want to dive into next. I think you're yeah, crazy, I'm... dude. I can't wait to get one of those N64 controllers for the uh, Switch just so that I can oh, hold so an N64 good. controller again. It feels like new. You can just come over to my house. I got like 40 of them. No, a so. new one. Your your controllers are never... Well, some of your controllers aren't always re- the greatest. I've replaced... You're like, let's test these ones out today. Well, th- that's Sega. That's different. <laughs> Sega controllers are just like on and off, dude. But no, my N64 controllers, I've replaced a lot of those analog sticks over the years. Now I want to know, are you going to do it on original hardware are you going to yeah 100 percent original hardware not playing on gamecube or anything like that okay nice yeah Ryan now what Ryo about master or... quest are you going to you going to do master quest uh we'll see when i get done with these two games because i do want to play Arceus as well and i don't know how much time that's going to dive into and there's we have the whole year like, there's you're going to play more than ogre time and just messing Arceus in the entire year i would hope there's some big stuff that i, I might have going on this year so we'll <laughs> see yeah all right. But that's uh, the plan. So I've been talking about new games resolution for weeks now, and I've been throwing out all kinds of ideas and I haven't really been able to settle on anything. And and when I really sat down and looked at the list I came up with, I just I wasn't excited to play any of the stuff. I was like, oh, well, I've never played any of the dooms. I could just play as many dooms as I want. But it's like I'm not like, let's get in there and rip and tear like I'm just not feeling that. So 
I sat back and I thought of the real meaning of the holiday. And as I was looking through Xbox Game Pass, like a shining star on a Christmas night, I was led to the true choice. And it is religion. I am doing Dante's Inferno so that I can finally uh, use that momentum to beat God of War and prepare for Ragnarok. I think that this is the obvious choice. I've wanted to play this game for so long. I think it was just that I didn't have like a PS3 when it came out or something. Like I remember loving the trailer for this with the ain't no sunshine when she's gone. And he's like fighting his way through hell. I love that. And I just never got around to it. I love the God of War series. I'm excited for the action and the the gore. Bring it on. So, Ryan, if you want to play it on the superior console, I do have a copy on PS3 for you. Now that you have a PS3. Dude. It was on 360 as well. Game Pass. Series S. Yeah, superior console, though. (laughs) Actually, between the two of them, uh, 360s were usually the better games because games were developed first for a 360 and then ported to PS3, which is why a lot of PS3 versions are not as good. I I don't know why. I I just like shitting on Ryan about Xbox. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know why I... Maybe I just assumed it was for PS3 because I had an Xbox 360. I just never played it. Yeah, no, it's on both. It was not a PlayStation exclusive. Nope, definitely was not. I mean, it could have been time, but I don't think it's just one I missed the boat on. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I've owned my copy for a long time. My wife beat it, I think she beat it like three or four months ago. She beat Dante's Inferno. Super quick game, too. So you should be able to complete it. Sweet. Uh, Barry, what do you have going on for uh, 2022? What's that one game that you, you have well, to finally play? I've been doing, since the pandemic, I've been going back and doing a lot of marathons and playing games that, you know, series that I just totally missed. Totally missed. I thought I liked the Uncharted series. Totally missed it. Dankenrampa, uh, which I did this past year. I did Dankenrampa and I did Devil May Cry. Two series I completely just didn't mess around with. And it was great. It was going to be a third marathon, but just time. And the, the third one that I was going to do, which I'm hoping to accomplish this year, at least in some capacity, because they're big games, is the Yakuza series. I've heard nothing oh. but good things about Yakuza. Uh, and I've like, I have them all, so I'm like, oh, I should play them. And uh, I was like, I could play them all on, on PS4, because they're all there. I was like, it makes it nice and easy. Uh, so at least in terms of getting at least one done, I would start obviously with Yakuza 0 and start from there. And that's what so I hope go to accomplish. chronological rather yeah. than release order. Yeah, zero, zero, one, two, three. All the way, I have yeah. I have them all up to seven plus Judgment and Lost Judgment. Um, so. I, I need to buy Judgment and Lost Judgment, dude. That's a lot of hours of gaming. That's why those I said are, those I are know. long. Yeah, I think well, Yakuza Zero is the shortest, and that's at like thirty something hours, if I'm correct. Well, I mean, I did I did the Legend of Heroes Trails of Cold Steel series too. Yeah, now these are like eighty to hundred hour games. I did Jeez. the four of them. I did, you know, like I love these marathons because I get to go in and just experience an entire story, entire arc without having to wait. I could just jump right in. And, you know, I did like the Quantic Dream games, you know, um, Heavy Rain and, and Beyond mm-hmm. and Detroit back to back, seeing how those evolved. And I, I enjoy doing that because when there's some time in between those big releases, it's like these are ones that fell over the radar. It's impossible to play all these games. Let me go back. And let me experience them. And of course, if a game doesn't resonate with me, I'm like, all right, I tried, but I try and push through at least the first title and and see where it goes. And you know, it's it's been interesting. It's been fun. I do recommend it. 
I've heard nothing but good things about Yakuza. And I, yeah. like you, I started picking them up over the last few years on PS4 with those re-releases. And then I do have the originals as well on PS3 yeah, I have the and originals. PS2. Um, but yeah, I dude, would play like, PS4. That sounds good. Another one that I was considering, by the way, instead of uh, Arcane of Time Majora's Mask, was doing the uh, Tenchu series. Oh, playing that one. Yeah, so that's one I considered as well. But ultimately decided these are the two that you know I need to knock out and yeah, these are bigger you know, games. Yeah, they're much bigger games and Tenshu much shorter, and I can totally play it as an A point. So. Exactly. Yeah, you get get your get your Zeldas in too. I mean, have yeah, you played yeah. all the Zelda games but those two? No, I, I've gone through uh, kind of like Ryan in a sense with Zelda. I'll I'll play them through to a certain point, and then something else comes out. So like Wind Waker, dude, I'm like. I don't know, three quarters of the way through Wind Waker on the Wii U. I pick it up, I play it for a few days, and then I put it down, and then I go into something else. And it's Wind it's Waker was my this. first Zelda that I really Zelda, beat. like. I'll be I'll be completely honest. Like with with me growing up, not playing a lot of Nintendo outside of a Super Nintendo when it first came out, I didn't play a lot of you know. There wasn't a lot of hype for me in <sighs> Zelda games growing up. So that's something that over the years I've begun to play more and more and like dive into. But it's still, I don't have that nostalgia everybody else has for Zelda. Like, it's out of all of them, it, it's not, ex- like, if you were to look at Mario, Zelda, Star Fox, and, like, Metroid, for example, Star Fox and Zelda are going to be lower than Metroid and Mario for me, just because, for one thing, platformers, and I love platformers. And then the other thing being is those just weren't games that I really played growing <clears> up. <throat> you didn't You didn't have a Nintendo growing up? <clears throat> no, man. I uh, My first system was a Super Nintendo. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So from, so. Like, like when back as a kid playing like the original Zelda, it yeah, was an you experience. Mm-hmm. It was, it was such an, it was an open world game before open world games were really a concept. You know, even if you boot it up now, going in blind, you're going to have a great time because you have to, you have to tell, you know, discover everything. The dungeons aren't mm-hmm. laid out for you. You're not led. You explore and you have to find. And, and it just that sense of, you know, discovery was unparalleled especially in an age before the internet where you would go to school with your map and you would draw it on graph paper and you would just be like, Hey, did anyone find level seven? I'm looking for level, you know, and it was such, such an experience. And so my thing growing up was like mortal Kombat fatalities. Cause I played oh, yeah. a lot of mortal that Kombat too. Up, right. So write down a fatality, give it to your buddy. And you're like, Oh yep. man, this is sweet. Like you gotta try it. And uh, you know, the, the one game, like for example, N64, I did play when I was younger a lot was wave race. Oh, I played a that game. a lot. Yeah, I know. It's so good. But that, <laughs> and that's cause my cousin owned a, an N64, but I played like that and uh, WWF, um, God, which one was it? No mercy. No I mercy. think is what it was. So those were games that I played a lot of growing up on Nintendo. The ones I played most were, uh, I guess, is it Glover or glove glove ball played that uh, some of the original Mario, but like, my uncle owned a Nintendo. I didn't own a Nintendo. I owned a Super Nintendo. So when I went to his house, he only had like three games to play. Uh, and, uh, you know, like going from I'm playing Mortal Kombat and Super Mario World to, oh, I'm, as a kid, you know, I'm going to jump into the regular Mario and, you know, Glove Ball. It, it just wasn't the same. Right. So <laughs> as things progressed for me and I, I made the jump from Super Nintendo to PlayStation. Um, so there wasn't that N64 jump. It, I went directly to PS2 because of Final Fantasy X and Eco. There wasn't like a lot of hype for me on GameCube. It wasn't something I played. So, you know, I went through all these years not playing these Nintendo consoles. And honestly, like my Wii, I bought my Wii after the Wii U was out like oh my for God. quite a while. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, so my Nintendo gap is actually pretty big. Huge. So I'm doing a lot of catch up right now. Uh, so if you were to come to me and say like, hey, John, I'm going to play, you know, this you know, game on PlayStation 2. I'm like, whoa, you never played that? Like, that's the reaction I have that some people are going to have with, whoa, you haven't played all these Zelda games? Same concept. 
Just which awesome. is which is fine, you know. It's sometimes I think it's better experiencing the games as you're older because you can mm-hmm. appreciate them more. Yeah, and that's what I'm looking forward to the most uh, is being able to dive into them at a later age than as a kid and and honestly forgetting what that experience was. Also, understanding console limitations. Like a lot of people would be like, "Oh, I played Mario 64, and I don't see what the big hype was about because it's it's you know the graphics aren't photorealistic." <laughs> well, the, yeah, it's N64, but you have to remember at the time that was the first 3D platformer that got it done right. Every other 3D platformer beforehand was garbage. <laughs> was I will say, garbage. the they camera the angles, standard. they made the, the world we live in and play in now. Yeah. <laughs> the camera angles on N64 uh, for Mario or Mario 64 is some of the worst I've ever experienced, but the game itself is pretty good. Like, but those camera angles are a thousand percent better than all the other 3D platformers at that oh, time. I know. Oh, I know. Like <laughs> trying to do Banjo Kazooie is like. Oh, Banjo Kazooie is amazing. That came it out is. Oh yeah, I know. But like the cam on that too, the camera angles are a little better, but still, like it's that same that limitation that you're talking about, right? Go, go it's not play, like what we play Bubsy three D and jumping flash and stuff like that. <laughs> There's a reason those games are like poorly rated. <laughs> I've never played Jumping Flash. Uh it always looked really interesting because that's the one where like you go up and then you auto like look down yeah. so that you can yeah. track where you're gonna land. We right? played that. It's it's on the PS1 classic, I think. Yeah, it I think is. We play Jumping Flash. Yeah, you have that game. Did we play um it? Yeah, you know, with Bubsy, when they did like the Bubsy re-release or remastered, whatever it was, I'm just thinking the whole time, like, Bubsy uh, with new camera angles, like, that's what it, or fixed camera angles, something along those lines, like, like, really hype up the stuff they got wrong and put that on, like, the cover. Well, they went 2D, at least, they didn't do a 3D thing with that, because the 3D was hot garbage. But no, there's there's so many great games on all systems, and it's impossible to play them all, And, and I think if you limit yourself to one system you're missing out but you're obviously going to have more nostalgia for that system especially as a kid you don't have a lot of money so you you know you get whatever your parents buy you and whatever you get as gifts and stuff like that and that's really what it comes down to so that's when you know i bring up the whole thing of you know college it's like well it was released on this console and this console like yeah but you know even in college i didn't have the money to do that it wasn't until after graduating and diving deep into collecting and being able to understand the process of flipping and, and all of that to keep like increase your, your collection growth. And I mean, we all do it as collectors. You buy a big lot of something, you keep what you want, you sell the excess that you don't need so you can continue buying more games. And, um, you know, there's no, no getting around that as collectors. Um, but I mean, now that I've accumulated as many games as I have, it's, it's fun to start like looking forward to playing a lot more of those titles. Um, if if you never did it on the GameCube, I highly recommend Eternal Darkness. Oh, we yeah, just we, did that a couple weeks ago, actually. Yeah, we started playing that when we got so hot, good. man. I wanted to keep playing that game, but we had to start recording. <laughs> so good. Uh, but yeah, I saved my progress in that one, and Eternal Darkness is on the list as well, dude. Like, I picked that game up years ago on the cheap, just because I everyone told me this is a fantastic game. You gotta play, you gotta play. I'm like, alright, it's cheap right now. I know it's gonna go up. I'll, I'll pick it up. So good. So... Well, uh, definitely some good new games resolutions. Hopefully we accomplish these in 2022. Um, I'm stoked for mine. I know you guys are stoked for yours to dive into them. And uh, we'll have to catch up with you. Obviously, we'll probably have you on before that because, you know, all the premium edition games, things that mm-hmm. are going to be happening in 2022, we'll have you on again here in the future. But would love to, uh, you know, see your progress uh, yeah. as the year concludes and see what you do, man, whether you beat just one Yakuza or four Yakuza games. <laughs> Let's see where it goes. It all <laughs> depends on how many great games come out this year. <laughs> next time more, we s- more great games, the less I have to play others. <laughs> yeah. Next time we see Barry, he's going to be dressed up in like a full suit, have a scar on the side of his face, <laughs> guns behind him. will be like, dude, you really got into this. Didn't you? 
<laughs> I don't go that hard into it, but I do. I do try and when I do the marathons, I try and do everything. Like I did the animes for Devil May Cry and Thank okay. uh, and, and yeah. stuff like that too. Nice. Because those are all canon. You need them, so I'm like, all right. I try yeah. and absorb full, it all. To fully yeah. absorb yourself in the Yakuza thing, you, you need to be dealing drugs. You need to be dealing <laughs> guns. Like. <laughs> <laughs> go go play some go do some gambling and shut down some gambling areas like legal gambling it would be great um yeah so dude great start to the year very happy we had you on this week uh if you want to really quick kind of pitch where you're at again for those listeners sure uh first off if you made it this far and i didn't scare you away thank you um you're you're a trooper but uh you could if you want more of me and you want to talk more to me um you can find me on twitter at hawk hellfire uh for nintendo fuse you can find us at nintendofuse.com and on all social medias at nintendo fuse our podcast is every other monday starting again on the on the 21st uh of this month of january uh 8 30 p.m eastern live on youtube and twitch uh, so come and check us out. Our first episode will be on 2022 predictions. So come hear us get all of them wrong. And uh, for Premium Edition, you can find us at premiumeditiongames.com, where you could also find the Switch Mania Playcast. And on all social media platforms, as Premium Edition Games, with uh, Twitter being at Premium Edition 1. So we'll have more news on our future titles to announce as the year goes on. Sounds good, man. And uh, for us, you can find us, of course, on thegamedeflators.com, where we don't update our website. Maybe that's a resolution we need to have is update our website. Uh, You can find us on all those great podcast applications out there, Podbean, Spotify, Podcast Addict, etc. Find us on Good Pods. And then, uh, of course, you can find us on social media as well, at thegamedeflators on Instagram and Facebook, as well as at gamedeflators on Twitter, because they don't like the. Uh, That all said, Barry, thanks again for being on. Uh, Thank you again for having me. (laughs) (laughs) Always a pleasure. Uh, This has been episode 164 of the Game of Flitters podcast. My name's John. I'm Ryan, and Happy New Year's. And thanks for listening.